Thank you. Thanks, Tom. We should pray, hey? Lord, we just thank you for your presence. Hmm. If all we do today is just take a deep breath in, breathe in of your presence, then, then that's a really good thing. But God, as we open your word, I pray for your help to understand how we can look more like you, how we can fall more in, more in love with you, God. Because we just want to be your people. We want to be your people, God. We want to be pleasing to you. And we want to look like you. We want to look like our dad. So we just pray that you take these words and, and just plant them deep in our hearts. We just open our hearts to you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And all the saints said, Amen. Actually, we will make this a little bit higher. Can I get some help? Can some... Thank you, Tom. Yeah, you were right. I should have listened. <clears throat> Just keep going a little bit. Yeah, that's helpful. Thank you. So last week, um, Sarah shared a cracker of a message, hey, about everyone like. Give Sarah a clap. <laughs> She's becoming quite the jack of all trades. She can play every instrument and she can preach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she shared a message. If you weren't here, it was about wholeheartedness. It was about being wholehearted for the Lord. And we got double for our trouble because she also then did a comparison between religious, religious people and lovers of God. So we really got two messages in one. And which is, <laughs> yeah, bonus points for you, gold star, Sarah, two, two messages in one. But it was a really weighty message. And what the Lord is doing right now is he's calling all of us, his church, to be consecrated, to be separate from the world, um, to be focused, to be undivided. He's calling his people to purity to holiness, and there's a refining happening in the body of Christ. That's what's happening right now. And whether you want to be part of it or not, that's what he's doing. <laughs> so I'm going to jump on board and, and go with what he's doing, right? But there can be a range of responses when you hear something like that. Like some of you might be like, yes, I am on page. I'm hearing that and my spirit is rejoicing and I'm running with the Lord and I'm excited and I'm stepping in and yes, hallelujah, I've got people with me. I'm not crazy. Yes, I'm on page and I'm, I'm just going to keep going for it. There's, there can be people like that. Um, that like, that's how I felt when I, was, when I was hearing Sarah's message. I was like, yes, yes, yes. It was, it was confirmation of everything the Lord's been speaking over a long time. Um, there could have been some people in the room experiencing some frustration of like, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying and I know there's more available, but I don't know how to step in to, to, to take hold of that. I believe, I believe in God and I'm, I'm here, that's why I do, but I feel frustrated and I don't know how to, how to get the more. I don't know how to step into this wholeheartedness and I feel frustrated because I see there's more, I hear there's more, 
Sometimes I get a whiff of it, but I just can't seem to hold grab of it. And so I feel frustrated. And then I start thinking, is there something wrong with me? Am I the only one that God doesn't seem to like dump himself on? Is there something wrong with me? Am I even born again? Has anyone had that thought of just feeling a bit frustrated and then you're like, am I even born again? Like, so there could have been some people in the room like that. Um, There could have been people in the room feeling a little bit sceptical even. Like, you know, your walls are up and maybe there's pain from the past. Maybe your heart is wounded. You know that God is real and you don't doubt that, but you've just seen so many people get things wrong and hurt people on the way. And what I want to tell you today is that God is a personal, loving Father. He's a personal, loving Father. And He cares about you, and He cares about where you are right now. Whether you're one of those three listed or you're something else, He cares about your heart, and He cares about where you are right now. Um, And anytime there's a weighty message in the Spirit, we need to see it as an invitation from the Father, to walk it out with him. So whether you felt frustrated or like your walls were up or or whether you're like, yes, like it's an invitation always to walk this thing out in relationship with him, whatever you're feeling, whatever your experience is. And God isn't afraid of your questions or your doubt. And the heart of God is that you would walk through everything in relationship with him everything. You're not left to figure it all out on your own. And that's why he's given you the Holy Spirit, the helper. He's inside of you. He doesn't just visit on a Sunday. (laughs) He's there all the time. Praise God. And I feel like that's what someone who's growing in maturity looks like. It looks like them walking out things with the Father even when they don't understand, even if they do feel frustrated, they'll talk to the Father about it, right? And they'll hear what he's saying, right? Even if he's silent, they'll keep talking to the Father until he starts talking back, right? So, I want to, if, you know, Sarah contrasted, the religious and the lovers. And I feel like we're all here because we want to be lovers of Jesus. Yeah? Is there anyone in this room that doesn't want to be a lover of Jesus? Um, And so the question that we need to ask ourselves is how do we get there? How do we become a lover of Jesus? What does it actually look like? Even if you're in the frustrated camp, even if you've got your walls up, whatever, like how do I become a lover of God? Because as Sarah said, lovers of God, they walk differently. They ask different questions. Their behavior is different. So how do I become that? Right? So we're going to start in Song of Songs 8, verse 6. This is where Sarah finished off last week. Um, So we're going to read this part again. And we're in the Passion Translation. And it says, Fasten me upon your heart. This is the Father speaking to us, right? And he says this, 
Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. This living, consuming flame will seal you as a prisoner of love. So God is like, fasten me on your heart. Fasten me on your heart. You know, when you're a kid, um, and well, when I was a kid, they had like clag glue at school. And it was like, it had the little, the little brush. And, <laughs> and, and anyway, you'd, you'd do your craft or your whatever, and you'd paste your stuff on, and it would all fall off by, by the next day. It wasn't very strong glue. So we're not just like dabbling in with the Lord. The Lord's like, no, fasten me on your heart. Get the super glue, get the sewing kit out and, and fasten me on there, right? This is, this is really important because what is God? God is, 1 John says, God is love. So when you fasten God on your heart, you're fastening love, perfect love on your heart, right? And it says this living, consuming flame will seal you as my prisoner of love. It's the love of God that makes you a lover. Say that again. It's the love of God that makes you a lover. He keeps going on. My passion, this is the Lord speaking. My passion is stronger than the chains of death in the grave all-consuming as the very flashes of fire from the burning heart of God. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over your entire being. So these are the instructions. Place the passion and the love of God, fasten it to your heart, let it be over your entire being. There's a reason why in Ephesians, Paul prayed for them that they would have the strength to comprehend with all the saints the love of God. We don't actually, we can't actually comprehend it here, right? We need his help to even comprehend the love of God. And then when you do that, this is what happens. Verse 7, rivers of pain and persecution will never extinguish this flame. Doesn't matter what you go through, if you fasten the love of God on your heart, right? If, you, if you've allowed it to just overcome your entire being, it doesn't matter what pain or persecution you go through, it will never extinguish. It will never extinguish this flame. Endless floods will be unable to quench this raging fire that burns within you. Everything will be consumed. It will stop at nothing as you yield everything to this furious fire, it won't even seem to you like a sacrifice anymore. I feel like at the beginning, it can sometimes feel like, man, I have to, I'm giving up this to seek the Lord. I'm giving up this to seek the Lord. But the more you seek him, the more you find him. And the more you find him, the more he's pouring his love into you until it doesn't feel like a sacrifice anymore. And the things of this world lose their taste. Once you start drinking in the love of God, once you start encountering like his presence. So how do we get there if you're not there yet? Don't worry. 
how do we get there? Um, I want to share a little story with you. The last Encounter Sunday that we had, um, I don't know, what is, was it a month ago or so? It was about a month ago. Anyway, I had an encounter with love. Not with love from God, but love from my husband that I really wasn't expecting. And then the Lord just used it to speak to me. It was, it was crazy. Um, anyway, so Sunday's a big day for just for me. I feel like I'll get up and we'll have some breakfast and try and talk to the family and, and be a good mum. But then once like 10 o'clock kicks in, I'm like, I just get in the zone. I just want to be praying over the gathering. I want to be hearing what the Lord's saying. I want to be stewarding what's happening in the spirit. So I sort of get into that zone and I sort of fitter away and, and the family is very, very grateful. Anyway, and so that day I was um, backing up Sarah on the keys and I'm not very good like Sarah is. I can't just jump on the keys and play anything without music. I've got to practice. So I was like, practice, 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 practice all the possible songs that might be woven in. Um, practice, 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 pray, 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 um, get here, practice, you know, have the, have the service. Um, you had an awesome time, pack up, get home. It's about seven-ish, seven-ish or a little later. And usually we get home and it's like leftovers for dinner for me and Isaiah and Mark. Kids have, have dinner out at Glory Kids. Um, and sometimes there's leftovers, you know, like you open it up and you're like, when did we eat this? Is, is this from this week or last week? Is like, is Monday or Tuesday okay? Isaiah's like, mum, we had that on Tuesday. I don't think we should be eating it yet. Anyway, that's what dinner looks like sometimes for us. Or a piece of toast, which is no leftovers. It's just easy, get the kids to bed. And then zone out for a bit. Anyway, I walked in and normally all the lights off and hubby's on the couch and he's zoning out because the family's gone. We've got peace and quiet. He loves to watch a movie. That's how we unwind. He works super, like a trooper during the week. So like that's his special time to just zone out and, and do what he does. Anyway, so we usually come home to dark house, whimsy. He's, he's in his zone enjoying. We walk in and he's all the lights on and he's in the kitchen and he's cooking dinner. This never happens. It has not happened since before children. Like, so we're talking like 16 years ago. Like, long time. But he's... Like, he's got, like, stuff boiling on the stove and he's, like, got a big bit of steak and he's um, bought, like, extra special ice blocks for the kids that I don't buy because they never go in specials. So they open the free, like, they get out of the car after church and they open the freezer because it's time for dessert and they have an ice block and then they go to bed sort of thing. But they open the freezer and they're like, whoa, there's cyclones. Who bought the cyclones? Can we have them? Anyway, so I walk in and I was just like, my brain didn't even compute what was happening. 
doing? I just didn't even have work. What am I doing? And he's like, I'm cooking dinner. And I was like, I still didn't compute. Like, my brain was like, chairs, do what you can see, do the obvious things, right? Um, anyway, so I was just like, whoa, washed in love for my husband. I felt like he just filled my tank up from bottom to top. I was overflowing. I went and kicked my shoes off, had a big cry because I felt so loved in a bedroom, came out, had a great dinner. Um, went to bed just, oh, I feel so loved. Woke up, I felt so loved. I was like bursting. I like ring up Leah. Leah, you'll never guess what happened. I was like, who can I tell? My husband's amazing. Oh, you couldn't stop me from singing his praises, right? And then all week I was just like, I just felt so loved. Felt so loved. Didn't run out. It just kept going and going and going, right? It was amazing. Um, and like all week, my heart was like, how can I bless him? I didn't have to try to want to bless him. It was just like, what can I do? Like, how can I bless him? Monday is like personal day. Get your life in order for me. So it's like clean the house. Man, the house got thorough cleaning that day. It didn't feel like work. I was jacked up on love. <laughs> Sounds crazy, but that's what happened. So he comes home to an extra clean house. He comes home to his favorite dinner, right? And, you know, on and on just went. I just, I, I felt so loved. And it wasn't a, yeah, I didn't have to conjure up love to reciprocate to him. It just came out. It was a response to the way that he had loved me. And it's a bit the same with God and how he relates to us. Uh, He pours his love into us constantly in different ways. Um, And when he does, like, our heart response is just whatever you want, Lord. There's this beautiful uh, correlation between the way that husbands love their wives in the Bible. Like there's a reason why the Lord talks about um, husbands loving their wives the same way that Christ loves the church, right? Because there's a correlation in the way that we respond. Um, to love. 
saw. And I was just like, if you will teach me this, I will teach others. Whatever it looks like, right? That's where wholeheartedness happens because I finally understood, right? Encounter with truth. 2016, encounter with love. The love of God. 2017, an encounter with, with like the cross, right? This came, this one came because the Lord told me, Naomi, take communion every day. No end date, take communion, no other instructions. So every day I'd have, I'd have my bread and my juice every day and I'd be taking communion, thinking about the sacrifice of Jesus, reading over the scriptures, thanking him, doing what I would do. Um, and it went on and on, weeks and weeks, not really feeling anything, nothing really happening, but I'm just like, you told me to do this, so here I am every day. Then one day, boom. It's, I didn't know whether I was in my body or out of my body, but I was, it was like I was there experiencing Jesus being flogged. It's like I could smell the, the dirt and the blood and I could hear his screams and, and like it could be a whole preach by itself. But it's like I, his eyes met mine in the midst of being flogged and he just filled me with his love. And, and that scripture that says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, right? Man, there's no going back <laughs> when you see something like that, when you experience him in that way. 2018, an encounter with God for the lost. I cried for days, couldn't stop crying, crying the whole meeting, just the presence of God fell and I was just bawling for those who didn't know him, for friends and family that didn't know him. It just put something in my heart. I feel like every major life-shattering encounter with God there's been a purpose for it. It hasn't just been, I don't know. There's been purpose in every single one, right? And it's taken me to a new revelation or a new, new understanding. If we can just have the next slide. Um, <laughs> the, the encounter with truth came from frustration and crying out for the Lord. But once I had an encounter with truth, man, there was something birthed in my heart. Three things, hunger, humility, and an honesty or an authenticity. I just made it a H because then it's three H's and it's easier for us to remember, right? Hunger, humility, and, and honesty. And that's how I positioned myself to pursue the Lord, right? And then it was boom. Encounter, 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 encounter. And that's what I want to encourage us today. You know, if you want to grow in being a lover, position your heart, like I said a few weeks ago, position your heart to be loved by him in hunger, humility, and honesty. That, that's my advice, right? I've been reading a book, Leif Hetland wrote, he's sometimes um, described as the apostle of love, and the book I'm reading is The Love Awakening, and quite often he'll pray for people to be, to receive the baptism of love, 
to receive a baptism of love from the Holy Spirit. Because he knows lovers come from being loved by God. So he will pray that people would receive a fresh baptism of love, right? Um, he, he tells about a time when he went to pray for someone as he would normally do, baptism of love, and he heard the Holy Spirit say, I don't want you to pray like that for him or her or whoever it was. I want you to ask them, do you want a wave or a seed? Do you want a wave or a seed? And, and Leif was like, okay, do you want a wave or a seed? And the person like had to think about it. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, man, these, these like significant life-shattering encounters, they're like a wave. It's like, you know, it might, it might last a day or two and yes, there'll be fruit continuing. But sometimes, some of the most significant things the Lord has, has done, it's been seeds, seeds that he's planted in my heart in a secret place, right? So amidst these, these awesome encounters, there's also seeds that he's planting. And there's seeds that he's planting in your heart, in your life. And they're just as precious, if not more, than these ones. Yeah? Uh. gone off the page. Got to find my spot. You know, it's been so encouraging this week for me to remember the special times I've had with God, like these big ones, but also the thousands and thousands of like little times I've heard his voice. Or I've, you know, felt his presence when I'm driving in the car or he's provided for me, or just like, just the daily walking with him is, is like how I receive love from him as well. It's the daily, the daily walking with him. You know, we want a formula. We want to, we want to tell me how to do it. Tell me A, B, C, D. But God wants a relationship. And it's different all the time. It's different every day. Um, uh, I think last weekend, um, I got up to spend time with him and had my cuppa and was about to pray. And he just said, I want you to read Hebrews. It was a Saturday. I had a bit of time up my sleeve. I was like, great. Yes, I'll read Hebrews. Um, And sometimes you can be reading the word and you feel like, oh, bit of a hard slog, but man, it edified my spirit. I couldn't stop if I wanted to, and I was reading over and over bits and pieces, and I was communing with the Father, I was writing down notes, and I was circling things, and I left, and I was like, ah, Jesus is better. Jesus is better than everything. I feel so edified. I feel so encouraged. I feel so loved, right? Um, also, like last week, there was a day last week, had time with the Lord, didn't feel a thing. Felt like, felt as cold as, I don't know, as cold as it gets. Didn't feel anything. Doesn't, it's not about feeling like we access relationship with the Lord by faith. It's not about whether we feel anything. It's nice when we do, but he's always there. The truth is he's in us, right? So whether we feel something or not, like 
God is like fastened on my heart. I'm one spirit with him. So, you know, take that devil. <laughs> Anytime he tries to tell you, well, God's not there. So have my time with the Lord, talk to him, journal, read, read the word, prayed, whatever. Um, didn't really feel anything, didn't hear anything. That's okay. Went on with my day in the car, coming back, worshipping, boom, presence of God. And it's just like every day is different because it's a relationship. And that's what he wants from us. He wants a relationship, right? Now, for all of us, like our stories are going to look different. But you're sitting in this room, I'm assuming, because you've had that born-again encounter. You've had it, right? And if, you know, if I had none of, none of the rest, man, I've come to realize that Jesus, what Jesus did for me, just even just at that, at that time, while I was still a sinner, while I was rebellious and opposite of anything that he should have saved, he came into the room and saved me. And he did the same for you. Regardless of how good or bad you were, you had a sinful nature. And, and he got rid of it. <laughs> right? So that's the greatest love of all. Romans 5.5, 5, it says, Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It's all past tense. God's love has been poured into your heart. Yeah? Through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Right? Isn't that good? For while we were still weak at the right time, God, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us that in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been now justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if we were enemies, sorry, if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So man, if you ever, ever are like, God, you don't love me, do you love me? While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Receive his love, right? He's given it to you by the Holy Spirit. You, you go back and you receive it. You say, thank you, God. You've taken, you, you've taken me out of darkness and you've put me in the light. You've washed my sin as far as the east is from the west. I can come into your throne room, holy, blameless and above reproach. If you meditate on that truth over and over and over, I promise you, the love of God will overtake you. It will. Ah. Position ourselves. Hunger. Firstly in hunger. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
For they shall be filled. Filled means to gorge in the Greek, feed, fill, satisfy. To fulfill or satisfy the desire of anyone. If you're hungry, he will meet you. Yeah? If you're hungry, he'll meet you. He will. Second one, humility. James 4, 6. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Man, if there's pride, that is one way to just block yourself off from the flow of the Spirit of God. So get rid of it. (laughs) Get rid of it. He gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. There's the promise. And he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Humility. And the last one, honesty or authenticity. Psalm 62, verse 8. We'll end here. It says, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah, which means pause and meditate. Pour out your heart before him. Something's frustrating you. Pour out your heart to him. Right? If you feel hurt or confused, pour out your heart to him. If you don't understand something, Pour out your heart to him. If you're feeling jacked up on Jesus, pour out your heart to him. Right? Pour out your heart. Be honest. Be authentic with him. It's a relationship. The Passion Translation um, says it like this. Tell him all your troubles and pour out your heart longings to him. What are the longings of your heart? Tell him. Pour it out. He likes those conversations and he responds to them. Amen?